it, it, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio Network. Because that's the bottom line. And so, and good night, bang! Settle! Because I'm better than you, and you know it. Yes, sir! To off the mats with Alex Lowe's and Josh Silverberg. And good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Off the Mat on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'm Alex Lowe's. Stick around for a really good show because we got AEW recap, we got the NXT recap. This week in wrestling history, and so much more to get through. So it's going to be a great show. But before we start, we have to do a little house house cleaning, and this is where people can listen and watch us live here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You can watch us and listen to us live on the WWSRN app. Download You can download the app from the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. It is absolutely free, and also you can play the Worldwide Sports Radio Network on your smart speaker. We have a variety of shows here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, and it's not just off the mat, it's not just wrestling shows that we have here, but we also have other sports shows as well. Feel free to check out all these all these shows anytime on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network website. There is Down to the Wire, Below the Mic, The Ryan Hickey Show, The Weekend Crunch with Errol Marks and former NFL player Eric Coleman. The Wise Guys, Weapons Hot, Sports List, the Sports Hit List, excuse me, DC's DS, DFS Challenge, the BS Sports Show, MD's Fantasy, Fo- MD's Fantasy Football Show, the, the P- PNW Sports Radio Show, and Off the Post. Feel free to check out all these on the Worldwide Sports Radio website as we continue to grow. And please feel free during the show anytime to leave your comments, uh, predictions, thoughts, opinions about all of our topics here on Off The Mat. Also, you can follow us, follow me on Twitter at Slows, and follow the Facebook and Twitter page for Off The Mat at WWSRN Off The Mat. And you can watch us and send your questions in to us at OffTheMat44 at gmail.com. Again, that's off the map 44 at gmail.com. And feel free to leave comments and questions, anything related to wrestling there in our Gmail. All right, now it's time to get into the AEW recap. And AEW was a really, really great show this week. I, I enjoyed it. And the first match was Matt Seidel versus Brian Cage. Before the match even started, Ricky Starks called out the TNT champion Darby Allen. And I think this would be a really, really great match for Darby's first title defense. And I think the FTW storyline fits for this because Starks and Darby, they really do not like each other at all. And so I'm definitely down to see a championship match between the two somewhere down the road. So the match, great start in the matchup for Brian Cage. Brian Cage stayed on Matt Seidel, not allowing him to get separation during the matchup. I love how Matt Seidel delivered that swinging, moving move planning planning Brian Cage on the mat in the center of the ring and the the, the double Nidiora on the on the on the on the on the um on the ramp that was cool I enjoyed every second of that and Matt Seidel he is one of the most greatest high flyers in the world and to see him on AEW is amazing uh, I'm hoping soon he can get a championship opportunity because He's one of my favorites to watch. He brings energy in the squared circle and in his matches. But you also got to think about Brian Cage. He's much larger and stronger. This match was hard hitting, and Brian Cage definitely delivered on the. He delivered on point, and Cage has to be. He's he he's, he is racking up wins here. He is just one win after the other, just taking everything he can to make sure that he stays stable and on top in AEW. 
And that's been very impressive so far and not surprising because of his in-ring ability. And the next match was The Butcher and the Blade versus The Natural Nightmares, QT Marshall, and Dustin Rhodes in a bunkhouse match. Now, I got to say, this, this match was probably the best match of the whole, whole show because it was extreme. There was a lot of violence. There was a lot of tension between these two tag teams. And Dustin driving The Butcher through a chair on the outside floor. Dustin, I mean. Dustin Rhodes driving a... The butcher threw a chair on the outside floor. It was really cool. And what I really enjoy about what I really enjoyed about this match was how Dustin went to the top, and took Butcher to the top, and uh, drove him through the uh, wooden platform on the state, the rampway below, which was really cool. And this match was very, very extreme. And what I really, what I really enjoy seeing in the storyline between these two teams is the. Uh, how 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 far they're willing to go, how far these teams are really willing to battle back and forth with each other in in the storyline is just really connecting in a very good way. So so far this has been very interesting between the natural nightmares and the butcher and the blade. Really, I really enjoy what I'm seeing in the storyline because these two teams and uh, between these two teams, and I definitely think booking a match like this was a smart idea from AEW management and Tony Khan because it allows both teams to show off their skill in a different hard-hitting environment where much pain and endurance is delivered. So, so far, the Butcher and the Blade have done an amazing job making this angle very interesting with the Natural Nightmares. But I want to see more of QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes because we don't get as much screen time with them. We don't see them on TV a lot, so I'm hoping they get put against a top tag team talent down the road because that was phenomenal. That was outstanding. And I love how violent and extreme this match was and for both te- how far both teams were going. And the turning point in the match for the Butcher and the Blade was the guitar to the head of, the Q- of QT Marshall busting him wide open. Extreme matches are my favorite to watch because it puts everyone, in, everyone competing to the test. It really shows how far that they are willing to battle, how much te- how how much they're willing to put their bodies on the line and that 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 was this was very well shown in this matchup. The Butcher and the Blade are 11 and 6 with their tag team record and that doesn't go unnoticed because they are a strong tag team in AEW and one of my favorites to watch and I hope to see them challenge for the AEW World Tag Team Championships down the road. This match was very physical and I loved the environment of it. The performance from QT and Dustin was just unbelievable and just so unreal. I think if you put Dustin and QT in more matches like that, they are just going to be able to continue to be impressive and rack up wins on AEW Dynamite. And now the next match was Sean Spears versus Scorpio Sky. Sean Spears is on an 11-match winning streak in AEW. I think pushing him this way is a smart idea because in WWE they didn't really push him as much and he was often he wasn't he wasn't booked often and he was un he was unutilized but now he's in a position where he can rise up as a huge superstar and so far he has with totally totally Blanchard backing him and in his corner and I think Sean Spears needs a bigger opportunity and one where he can climb up the ladder in the as an AEW competitor as far as, Scor- as far as Scorpio Sky goes, uh, Scorpio Sky has been a part of SCU for a very, very long time. And I like how AEW is giving him a singles run, and I want to see more of him because Scorpio amps up the matches, the competition, and brings the heat. And he's absolutely skilled in the ring and just phenomenal to watch. Uh, every time he's in a match, he brings his best. He brings his best skill and he pretty much did in this match against against Sean Spears. But Sean Spears was able to capitalize and come back and win that match. So as far as the match goes, I, I love how Scorpio uses air acrobatic moves in the ring. And it shows how much he's able to take things in a match and go with it. Sean Spears definitely delivered in this match with the high impact hits, hitting moves. And made the match enjoyable to watch. So that was very good. The, the drop on the, the sidewalk slam on the steel steps, the uh, 
the super kick when Scorpio Scorpio Sky jumped from the steel steps and tried to deliver a cross body. That was a that was unbelievable. How it's just great to see how skilled and how timed perfectly these these matches are and like how they turn out. So that was very good. So the next match was take Ty Conti versus Red Velvet. Uh, love how Ty Conti opened the match immediately pinning Red Velvet in the corner. And you can tell Ty is remarkably skilled being that she has a martial arts background. And uh, and she went to work on Red Velvet pinning her down multiple times in this match. Ty has been in the wrestling business for three years and already she is showing everyone why she belongs in AEW. And she definitely should be one to look at and watch and her performance here was very on point. As for the AEW women's division, I think AEW needs to add more women to their singles roster because there just isn't enough there just isn't enough fresh faces to go around and I feel like they need more of that. If they can sign on more AEW if they can sign on more women to compete in AEW, then there's a chance for this women's division to be successful rather than having some people compete often. The same same people compete in the same cycle is what I'm saying. So I think they definitely need to change it up. I feel like the AEW, AEW women's roster needs to be amped up a bit and things need to be changed around. Now the next match was Ray Phoenix versus Penta L0M. The first match between Penta and Ray was very awesome. That was like phenomenal. The, just the match that I saw before this one that they did was probably one of the best AEW Dynamite matches ever. And this one was amazing too because these two brothers, they know each other very well and they they tore it up in that squared circle. Seeing them go at it in singles competition is awesome because these guys are two of the best luchadors in the world and in wrestling. So they know how far they must go to put on a fantastic showing of sports entertainment. The second match between Penta and Ray Phoenix, it, it, this match here was very well done, very well booked, and what happened at the end was very interesting, but we'll get to that in a little bit here. After the match, we saw saw Eddie Kingston, and he told uh, Eddie Kingston told Ray, Penta L0M that he doesn't need his deadweight brother, and then Pac made his return to AEW, which... I, I I kind of figured Pac was going to return at some point. I feel I felt like it, this was going to be the week that he was going to return, and he definitely did. And now Eddie Kingston is a marked man, and now Pac has his sights set on Eddie Kingston. And I have a feeling Pac is going after Kingston, and it's going to come down to who really is the leader of Ray Phoenix and Pentel Zero M. Is it Eddie Kingston? Or is it Pac? And that's that's what it's going to come down to. I th- I feel like um, Pac and Eddie Kingston are going to have a match. And I'm hoping it's going to be a very, very good match. And I cannot wait to see where this leads and how how these, how this turns out for... How this turns out in this storyline. Now, a big announcement has been made for AEW because Kenny Omega will take on John Moxley for his AEW World Heavyweight Championship. And I believe Kenny is going to be the one to take the title from Moxley this time. I I highly believe it. Because Moxley, he, he's been on a hot streak. And Omega said, said that he's the same Omega, the same Kenny Omega that we've seen in New Japan. And he never left. And he's just been waiting for the opportune moment to show that he's one of the best athletes in the world and he will prove it when he goes to face when he goes face to face with John Moxley for his AEW title. So overall AEW this week was good and I give it a 8.1 out of 10. It was good. It had some good twists and turns. There were a few good matches, but I feel like it there just wasn't enough to enough there there wasn't enough uh showing of storylines or segments. And that's what makes AEW interesting. The segments, the storylines, and the matches. The matches were good. We just needed more of like uh, angles and segments there. So overall, that was good. And now, now we are going to get into NXT this week. So the NXT North American Championship match, Johnny Gargano versus Leon Ruff. 
We saw the match open with Gargano being full of himself and uh, using a wheel the same way, same way, the same way he won at Halloween Havoc off a wheel. And he felt like that wheel was going to help him, and it, and it just really just things took a turn turn of turn of the worst for Johnny Gargano, and he picked Leon the the wheel landed on Leon Ruff, and Leon Ruff he made no mistake going after Johnny Gargano in this match, and Johnny Gargano he can bend things his way and make things happen his way, but unfortunately it was an opportunity of a lifetime for Leon Ruff. You saw during the match, Johnny Gargano turned his attention to Damian Priest, which was a big mistake, and it cost Johnny the matchup, and he ended up costing himself the title. And it was a huge accomplishment and achievement for the young man, Leon Ruff, who capitalized on his opportunity from the wheel and in this match. So I like how NXT is giving young talent, fresh talent, a, a chance to grow and be a huge star. And I want to see more of Leon Ruff. I want to see what they're going to be able to do. I want to see what NXT is going to do with him. And I'm very interested to see how they build him up with the NXT, with the, uh, with the North American Championship in the next couple weeks. The next match was Santos Escobar versus Jake Atlas for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Santos Escobar, he is one of my favorite uh, luchadors so far in WWE, he's great. He's he knows how to be villainy. He he gets a lot of heat from the fans, and I just love it. I just love how good he is at that. So Jake Atlas has become a very serious, aggressive competitor, and we saw that this week. We saw him attack uh, moments before NXT outside in the parking lot. They showed a clip where Jake Atlas attacked uh, Santos Escobar and his group. And I think what's driving him to be this way is taking advantage of Legado del Fantasma and calling out the champion like he did there this week. And Jake Atlas has come a long way since his time on Evolve, and he's made a namesake for himself in his career so far. Jake Atlas endured a lot from Santos Escobar in the matchup, but what surprised me is how tough Jake Atlas is and that he's willing to put himself on the line in order to win. Definitely one of my favorite NXT athletes. And Santos Escobar has been amazing to watch. And brings a different style to Lucha Libre. And instead of continuing to don a mask, he painted himself a new idea and gave himself a new opportunity to play at. And that's what I like about Escobar the most. And Escobar was quick to turn the tables on Jake Atlas. He gave his all in that championship performance. And it was definitely a great matchup, but I love how NXT is keeping the championship on Escobar longer because he's a great villain-type wrestler, and I love it when he gets quick heat because he it only makes him look more good and more stronger, and he's a great performer. The next match was Tony Storm versus Candice LeRae. So Tony Storm, since she came back from NXT has made her presence known once again. And I want to see Tony get a championship opportunity. I really do. I'm kind of tired of seeing the same people challenge like Rhea Ripley and Candice LeRae. And I want to see people we haven't got mixed in yet, such as Ember Moon, Shotzi Blackheart, or another women's wrestler on the roster that hasn't been used yet, like uh, Zia Lee. And uh, I want to see fresh women's wrestlers in NXT compete for the championship. I just think there has to be fresh faces gunning for that NXT Women's title. So I loved the match and uh, grappling style between Tony Storm and Candice LeRae, who won, who won all, with her foot on the ropes, which was a very, a very Gargano way moment. And we found out who won the who 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 the mysterious figure was finally, and it ended up it ended up being uh, Andy Andy Hartwell, who. Was there? She was there the whole time with uh, with uh, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae, and she was in the back of the car when uh, Candice LeRae just ran over uh, Shotzi Blackheart's tank. So Shotzi Blackheart came after came after um, came, she came to Tony's aid and tried to help help uh, Tony Storm during the matchup. But uh, after the matchup, excuse me. But a brawl ensued with Tony not taking too kindly to her loss. So I'm very interested to see if they put Tony against Candice LeRae because I feel that's where they could go. 
But with this, we'll have to just wait and see what happens next. And I, I have a feeling things are about to pick up between Tony Storm, Shachi Blackheart, Candice LeRae, and Andy Hartwell. And I'm very, very interested to see how what kind of competitor Andy, Andy Hartwell is because we have not seen her wrestle as much yet. And I want to see what she's capable of. I really think she's one of these stars that's really going to shine out and shimmer out in NXT. So the next, the next match was Dexter Loomis versus Timothy Thatcher. So Dexter Loomis, since returning from injury, has been awesome to watch. The battle with Cameron Grimes was great, and even the stuff way before that with Undisputed Era. But now we get to see Loomis and Thatcher battle it. We got to see Th- Loomis and, and Thatcher battle it out. And I got to say, they have closely related similar grappling and wrestling styles because both men like to use submissions and locks and put pain on, in their opponents or put them out in a match. So it was a top-notch match from both competitors. And I'm glad Regal booked this match, William Regal, the GM of NXT, because this this one was very fun to watch. And I've been waiting to see these two cross paths again for a while, and they finally did there. The match was very good, but the match, to me, it was just too short, and I didn't like how Thatcher won off the pin. I rather would just had 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 the, I would have just rather had him go on a bit longer and and then have Thatcher submit submit um Dexter Loomis but I think they did this to in, to include the angle with Cameron Grimes who needed payback from Halloween Havoc which is why he has set up the which what which why he was set up to cost Loomis the match and the attack from him afterwards I just have a feeling that this match could have gone on a few a few minutes a few seconds longer but but uh I want to see the kind of fight Thatcher and Loomis can deliver when they're both being pushed in a grueling way. So hopefully down the road we see another match between these two, Dexter Loomis and Timothy Thatcher, because I want to see more build-up and suspense between the two, and hopefully we'll get that soon. The next match was the main event, Oni Larkin and Danny Burch versus Bree Zango, Fondango, and Tyler Breeze for the NXT Tag Team Championships. So I loved how this match started with Larkin and Birch wasting little time going after Breezango. With Pat McAfee guiding Larkin, Birch, and Pete Dunne, this team has become very, very dangerous and very tactical and smart. This, this was Larkin and Danny Birch's first title defense as the NXT Tag Team Champions, and they pulled it off smoothly against Breezango, who stood no chance and but tried to battle back as much as they could. This match was back and forth and had a lot of high caliber moves and striking abilities from both tag teams. So Breezango, I feel, should have never lost the NXT Tag Team Championships, and I feel their championship reign was way too short. I believe they could have dragged it out a bit longer, but I do like where NXT is going, bringing back Pat McAfee and all, and allowing other talent to grow and build up good matches and segments. And so far, this new group has definitely done that. Next week, Io Shirai will defend her NXT Women's Championship against Rhea Ripley, and I am all for this match. I believe this match is going to be very great. Uh, Rhea has waited months to get a shot again, and I believe this match will be very brutal, physical, and breathtaking because these two women are going to be in a war all for the glory to be NXT Women's Championship. And someone is either walking away a winner or they're walking away a loser. So I feel like Rhea will be the one to dethrone Io Shirai and take back the championship that she has worked years and years for. So I I believe this match is going to be great. Also next week, Finn Balor will speak for the first time since his injury. And I'm hoping that he will be medically cleared to compete again because it's been two months almost without... Uh, Finn Balor with the NXT Championship, so I'm hoping we get the I'm hoping we get good news and that we will be able to see Finn Balor back on NXT. So at my NXT rating for this for this show this week is 7.9 out of 10. So which show was better to me? I would say AEW was definitely the better the better show this week because of Pac's return to AEW. 
And then the bunkhouse match with the Natural Nightmares and the Butcher and the Blade. And because it had a lot of good segments hyping up the show. So AEW was the better show this week. So now... So now I'm going to take a break, but when we come back, we have this week in wrestling history, the NWA power segue, uh, Undertaker's, Undertaker's farewell at Survivor Series, the New, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and a finishing move. Stick around, everybody, and we'll be right back. It, it, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Rest in peace. Welcome back to Off the Mat with Alex Lowe's and Josh Silverberg. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Off the Mat. And now it is time for this week in wrestling history. So now we have WWF Survivor Series 1999. Attendance was 18,735. This was a pay-per-view. And the first match was D'Lo Brown, Mosh, The Godfather, and Thrasher against Bradshaw, Bubba Ray Dudley, Devon Dudley, and Farouk. And the team of D'Lo Brown defeated Bradshaw's team in, in a Survivor Series match in under 9 minutes and 36 seconds. The second match was Kurt Angle defeating Sean Stat. Stasiak in a 5 minute and 56 times match. Number 3 was Gangrel, Mark Henry, Steve Blackman, and Val Venus defeating Joey Abs, Pete Gass, Rodney, the British, and the British Bulldog in a Survivor Series match. The fourth match was Debra, Mae Young, and the Fabulous Moolah and Tori defeating Ivory, Jacqueline, Luna, and Terry in an 8 person tag match. Number 5 was Kane, defeating X-Pac in a singles match. Number six was The Big Show, defeating The Big Boss Man, Midian, Prince Albert, and Vizera in a handicapped Survivor Series match. Number seven was China, defeating Chris Jericho for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. Number eight was Crash Holly and Grandmaster Sexy, Hardcore Holly, and Scotty Too Hotty, defeating Christian, Edge, Jeff Hardy, and Matt Hardy in a Survivor Series match. Number nine was Billy Gunn and Road Dogg defeating Al Snow and Mankind in a WWF Tag Team Titles match. And number 10 was The Big Show defeating The Rock and Triple H in a triple threat match for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. So there are a lot of big names, big, uh, big names from the past in here. We got The Rock, Triple H, The Big Show, Road Dog, all these Hall of Famers in here. Uh, Kane, X-Pac, just a lot of really good names that competed over the years and got to be in multiple world championship matches, tag team matches, different segments, funny storylines, just memorable moments, really good memorable, memorable moments from the Attitude Era. And that's what I like. That's what I used to like about WWE was the Attitude Era. The Attitude Era is by far my favorite era of all time, and that's why I really think there. I really think WWE should have stuck stuck with that and never just went back to a a PG type era or done anything like that. I feel like they should have just kept going with an Attitude Era Attitude Era because then they would have uh, they would have a crowd. They would have seats. They would have more people tuning in for viewership. I know that we can't have seats right now because of the pandemic, but but there they could have they, there could have been a boost of ratings, uh, a large amount of ratings if they brung, if they stuck with the Attitude Era. But that is my WWE Survivor Series. That is my uh, that is the this week in wrestling history. So that 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 was a good one. And now it's time to get into the NWA Power segue. And this is a new segment I'm introducing where we talk about NWA power wrestlers. And this week we are talking about Thunder Rosa. So Thunder Rosa is a former NWA women's champion and is listed in Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Women's 100 at number 14, which is a very, very huge accomplishment. 
Thunder Rosa is a very tech technical, gifted athlete and can really move around the ring. Even even picking, up, she can move around the ring, picking up the pace. And she's had a few matches in AEW where she's proven just how talented she she is. And that, and that this is what this is one of AEW's top performers so far. And in fact, AEW is the fact that AEW is working with NWA talent makes things even better and greater for her. We have not seen Thunder Rosa since she dropped the NWA Women's Championship, but I'm hoping she will be back in AEW and that she will that we will see her compete for the AEW Women's Championship against Hikari Shida. Thunder Rosa has been everywhere, including Shine, Ring of Honor, AAA, Lucha Underground, so she really has made herself known in the wrestling business. And she's also been doing MMA, which is really cool to see because she's not she, she's not only growing in just wrestling, but in other sports as well, like MMA and mixed martial arts. So that can that's really as a performer and as a competitor. And she's one of these competitors who has killer instinct and she can capitalize at any moment and at any time. And they I think AEW definitely should try to keep her in AEW because she could be miss. She could be. I think the reason she's missing from AEW is because they haven't really. They there might be in talks of signing a new contract. We don't know, but I'm hoping she she's still going to be in AEW in all elite all elite wrestling. But I definitely want to see her a part of a new storyline, and I think down. I I think what's next for her down the road is that she will compete for some new or new title. And she's one talent you can look at and say, wow, wow. She, she, she can really go far, and she definitely takes it up a notch in matches for sure. And she's made a big mark in wrestling and in, in, and in MMA. And almost anyone knows exactly who she is and what she's about. And I think if AEW were to do a women's tournament again, she should be included in, this, in the next tournament that they have. And she definitely is one of my favorites for sure. Now, it's been announced next year at Survivor Series, I mean this year, excuse me, this year at Survivor Series, The Undertaker will have a farewell ceremony. The Undertaker has been in WWE for 30 years, and he's one of WWE's most iconic, legendary performers, and he will go down in history as the greatest of all time. And I remember going to WrestleMania 33 and seeing The Undertaker live with my friend. That was really cool and one of my favorite moments because it, it gave me chills. Just the atmosphere was was cool. The, the, the fire coming out from the entrance ramp, the lights dimming, the blue lights, the, the fog and the smoke. It just gave you like goosebumps. And that was definitely one of my favorite moments because... He's and uh, also he's had a lot of different moments in his career, like for example, he's had a WrestleMania record, the streak, and he built that streak up over time against people like Jimmy Snuka, Jake Roberts, Giant Gonzalez, King Kong Bundy, Diesel, Psycho Sid, Kane, Big Boss Man, Triple H, all these all these names that you can think of. That that you've that the Undertaker has come across, it's amazing to see how much he's accomplished in his career, and I definitely think this is it for him. I definitely feel like the Undertaker is not going to wrestle anymore after this. He's at an age where his body cannot move very fast. He's at an age where he couldn't, he can't compete as well as he could when he was younger, and he's had a lot of accomplishment accomplishments here. Like uh, Reader's favorite wrestler in 2001, uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame Class of 2004, Moment of the Year 2010 versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, Oh My God, Oh My God Moment of the Year kicking out of Triple H's Tombstone Pile Driver at WrestleMania, Rivalry of the Year against Brock Lesnar in 2015. Star of the highest magnitude in 1997. Just a lot of big, big accomplishments. Even pro wrestling illustrated stuff like match of the year in 2012 against Triple H. Match of the year in 2010 against Shawn Michaels in a career versus streak match. Just 
he's done a lot of things, and I really think this is it for him. I really do believe that The Undertaker will not, he will not continue to compete. And just everything he's done in his career, he's just, he's one, he's one that we, that will be remembered for years to come. And even after he's gone, and I'm gl- just glad I got to have that experience and see him live. And I will never, ever forget it and everything he has done for sports entertainment. The Undertaker has had a legendary career, and it will end where it all began for him at Survivor Series. And it's going to be very sad, but he's at a point where he can't go as fast and compete at the same level he did in his earlier in his career. And time takes everyone, just in, just like in every sport, time catches up with you. And Survivor Series is November 22nd, so stay tuned for updates and our preview on that with me and Josh, because we are going to do a Survivor Series preview at some point. But yeah, there's just a lot of accomplishments here that I'm looking at that The Undertaker has. WWF, WWE Champion four times. World Heavyweight Champion three times, Hardcore Champion one time, WCW Tag Team Championship one time with Kane, Royal Rumble winner in 2007, a Slammy, 12 Slammy Awards, um, WCWA Texas Heavyweight Champion one time, and there's just a lot of things that he's gone through and really accomplished and done. He's done a lot of things in his career, and I'm really, it's really going to be sad to see, but. I think it's going to be a, a, a moment to remember in WWE history because this is an iconic star. This is one of WWE's biggest stars in the wrestling business. So I, I, I cannot wait to see the ceremony. I wonder who, who's going to be at the ceremony. That's what's going to be interesting to see who's going to show up at the ceremony and give their final goodbyes to The Undertaker. So that's that is it for my my comments on the Undertaker at Survivor Series, and now it's time to get into New Japan Pro Wrestling. So tomorrow, the Best of Super Junior and World Tag Team—I mean the, the World Tag Te- Tag League Tournament—begins, and here are the matches on the card for the first event and the World Tag League entrance. So the we, for the World Tag League entrance, we got Juice Robinson and David Finley. Third entry, third consecutive 2019 winners. Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi, second entry, second consecutive IWGP Tag Team Champions. Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatonga and Tangaloa, fifth entry, fifth consecutive and six-time former IWGP Tag Team Champions. Toa Hanare and Hiroshi Tanahashi, second entry and second second consecutive. Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi, second entry, first time in two years. Toru Yanu and Tomoro Ishii, third entry, first in two years. Shingo Takagi and Sanada, first entry. Evil and Yujiro Takahashi, first entry. Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens, third entry, second consecutive. And, and the Great Okan and a mystery partner. So one of the teams that stands out to me is uh, the Gorillas of Destiny because they are a team that has not been seen a, in, a, in a long time. And I think that is uh, this is a perfect way to put them in a tournament and a perfect way for this team to bounce back from the pandemic and with them being away for a while. And I really enjoy this team's work and what they are capable of. So I can't wait to see their first match back. Because I know it's going to be a good match to watch. And being that they are former tag team champions. This shows the, the kind of talent that they are. Now here is the match card for tomorrow's event. World Tag League Tournament Match. Toru Yano and Tomoro Ishii. Versus Chase Owens and Bad Luck Fale. Best of Super Junior ta- 27 to- to- Tournament Match. Master Wado versus Yuya Romura. World Tag League Tournament Match, Toa Hanare, Toa, Toa Hanare and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Great Okan and a mystery partner. Best of Super Junior 27 Tournament Match, Robbie Eagles versus Doki. World Tag League Tournament Match, Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto versus Zack Sabre, Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi. Best of Super Junior 27 Tournament Match, Sho versus Bushi. 
World Tag League Tournament match, Sonata and Shingo Takagi versus Yujiro Takahashi and Evil. Best of Super Junior 27 Tournament match, Raizuki Taguchi versus El Desperado. World Tag League Tournament match, Juice Robinson and David Finley versus Tamatanga and Tangaloa. And the Best of Super Junior 27 Tournament match, another one on the list, Hiromu Takahashi versus Taiji Ishimori. So those are all the matches for tomorrow on Sunday because that's when the uh, Best of Super Junior Tournament and the World Tag League Tournament begins. And I cannot wait. It's going to be awesome to watch. And I'm very, very interested to see who comes out on top in this tournament, in both tournaments. So here's my predictions for tomorrow's card. Chase Owens and Bad Luck Fale win by pinfall. Master Wado wins by pinfall. Great Ocon wins by pinfall with Mystery Partner. Robbie Eagles defeats Doki. Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi defeat Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto. Sho defeats Bushi. Sonata and Shingo defeat Yujiro and Evil. Tamatanga and Tangaloa defeat Juice Robinson and David Finley. And Hiromu Takahashi defeats Taiji Ishimori. I feel all these matches will be hard hitting and very grueling. And I pick the I pick the guys I want to win and the guys that I think that will win based on skill, pace, conditioning, and being prepared. And I believe that this will be how the match card may turn out for the results. This is one of New Japan's biggest events. In fact, one of the best events that they have of the year. So the fact that they got some well-known talent competing is good because it will draw people to watch this series of events and even this event where every year someone proves themselves to be the best tag team in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So I think that it will be a close tournament. You got guys like you got guys you have not seen in a while that have not been there in months on the shows. So there will be just about every New Japan talent there that I know competing and can't wait. I cannot wait to see this because this team because the team I feel that could make it all the way through the World Tag League tournament is the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatonga and Tangaloa because they have that unique skill and chemistry as a team to where they perform at an amazing level. And I've seen them turn matches to their th- into their favor before in the past. So I believe this is the team everyone needs to look out for and watch out for because they will be back hungry and itching to rack up wins in the World Tag League Tournament. As for the Best of Super Junior 27 Tournament, I believe that either Sho or Hiromu Takahashi are the one to win because they are very quick, agile, high-flying, and fast-paced athletes and can catch someone off guard very quickly and with precision. So I think it has to be one of the two to win. But make no mistake about it, El Desperado is the one you need to pay close attention to because he's coming into this match tournament to win as much as possible and will use every trick in the book to win the best Super Junior tournament. I cannot wait for this tournament enough because it's going to be one of these events that no one has been able to see in a while where certain talent have been away for so long. And it's going to be great. And as far as the other talent on the card, I think they will be bringing their best and create special matches such as Bushi or Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto. So I think this is most likely going to be the best tournament all year, but we we, we have to wait and see. After these events is the Super J Cup. Then we're on the road to Wrestle Kingdom. So we are getting very, very close to that time of year where big wrestling events and pay-per-views happen. So it, we're, we're almost to that time, ladies and gentlemen, because this is a moment of the year where a lot of the best pay-per-views happen, a lot of, a lot of the best matches happen. So I, I, I cannot wait. And uh, best, the best of Super Junior tournament is going to be interesting because... Hiromu Takahashi's in it. We got a lot of good wrestlers in this tournament, even in the World Tag League tournament. So I am hyped. I'm ready for this the, this this new series of series of shows. It's gonna be awesome. And uh, but now I do want to talk a little bit about the about a little bit more on New Japan. Because I'm wondering who that mystery partner is. Let me just Google it really quick. 
Great Ocon mystery partner. Because I'm very interested to see who that is. Mystery partner. So someone said on Twitter who they think the Great Ocon mystery partner is. Let's see what comments we we got here. Shota, Shota Umino. Oh, that would be a big one. I honestly, Shota Umino, Gabe, Ren Narita, or Shota Umino. It could be one of those two. I, I honestly think it would be better to have Ren Narita show up. We have not seen Ren Narita in so long. And I, I'm wondering where that guy has been. I'm wondering where... He has where he went off to. Uh, I'm thinking the L.A. Dojo. That's probably where he's been training. But these people are saying to be amongst. Uh, um, what are these people see saying? Um, they think it's going to be either Shota Umino or Ren Narita. So one of those two will probably show up to be Great Ocon's mystery partner. But we'll have to wait and see on that. And um, I do want to talk about more of The Undertaker and his legendary career. So we're just going to backtrack on that a little bit. So there's a lot that he has done, man. Um, one of my favorite matches that I've seen with him was the match against uh, Bray Wyatt, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Edge, Batista, Randy Orton. Those were my favorite matches with The Undertaker. And The Undertaker has to be one of my favorite of all time. He's done so... He, there's just a lot he's done. And comp a lot of people he's competed against. There's even the big boss, man. This is early on in the streak. 8-0. and oh. The thing that shocked, shocked everybody, that shocked me the most in his career was when the streak ended against Brock Lesnar. When Brock Lesnar pinned the undertaker one two three nobody saw that coming not even me i really thought that the undertaker would kick out and that the match would continue the undertaker would come back and win that match and the streak would continue but that's not how it went and it it, it shocked the world when brock lesnar delivered that f5 and that was it that was it for that was it for the streak and uh, that it was a le the streak is a legendary thing in the Undertaker's career. So for that for that to end there at WrestleMania, I feel like it should it should have ended it should have ended earlier against CM Punk or Triple H, not against Brock Lesnar in my opinion. But I just really think that's where the streak should have ended. I feel like CM Punk could have been the one to stop the streak against Undertaker. And uh, yeah, so now. Uh, I I just I do want to talk about the PWI the PWI magazine. If you guys don't know, I I have I've I've I have started collecting the Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazines, and there's a lot in them. There's a lot of different things in them. You got the top 100 top 100 women's wrestlers or the top PWI 500 men's wrestlers. There's just a lot to read in there. You got um, Tale of the Tape or um, The Hot Seat, those type of things that you can read in different articles in there on different wrestlers. And the one that caught my eye was the story about John Mo the, the interview with John Moxley. That was my favorite in the one of the PWI magazines because it talks more about uh, he, he talks more about himself and his career and how he got up to being in AEW and what his career was like early on before that and how he met up with Roman Reigns and D and uh and Seth Rollins. So that was that was pretty cool to see and really cool to read and really catch up on and understand why John Moxley is one of the greatest performers that we have in the wrestling business is because he has that gr he has that attitude, he has that proper motivation to keep going. He has that grind, he has that never give up Yes, he has that never give up feel, and he just keeps going, man. And that's what I like about uh John Moxley is he's one of my favorite performers, one of my favorite wrestlers, 
And I, I'm surprised he's even still the AEW world champion because I thought, I really believed Eddie Kingston was going to take the title from him. And if we look here, John Moxley is... I'm looking at his title reign right now. As we click on the Wikipedia here. Hang with me there, guys. Championships and accomplishments. It says he's been the AEW champion for... Wow. He's passed, like... He's he's been champion for two hundred and fifty eight plus days. That is a huge, huge accomplishment, and that that's something that, that I never I never could imagine. I never thought that John Moxley would get to that moment in his career and be that be that successful. And that just blows me away. And how amazing that is to see how far he's really come as the champion. And I feel like Kenny Kenny Omega Kenny Omega is gonna be the guy to dethrone John Moxley, and uh, my my co-host Josh said that, and I'm agreeing with him. I'm saying, hey, this uh, Kenny Omega is going to bring his best. He's gonna bring his A game. This is going to be a match to watch for sure, and it's gonna be a neck and neck one. It's gonna be very close. It's gonna be a hard hitting battle, and I cannot wait for that. But now it is time for our finishing move, ladies and gentlemen, as we've come to the end of the show. And my finishing move is... Uh, it's Actually, I, yeah, my finishing move is on... Actually, on Billy Gunn, because I want to see more of Billy Gunn and his, his son Austin Gunn compete in AEW and on AEW Dark. We don't get to see much of them. I do, I do remember I saw a match of them a week a week was it a week ago two weeks ago where Cody Rhodes joined them in a a six man tag team match that was very interesting and I his his uh Billy Gunn's son Austin Gunn his performance was amazing dude I feel like they need to bring him, put him in more matches they need to uh, book him in more matches more. Uh, more main events like that. So that was great to see. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I know I'm a, or ending a bit early, but I've kind of run out on steam. But that's okay. <laughs> but uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of Off The Mat. If you enjoyed, please be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at Off The Mat WWSRN. Follow me on Twitter at Show Slows. Uh, check, uh, check out all of our posts and different topics on our Facebook page at Off The Mat WWSRN and check out the Worldwide Sports Radio Network website and app and be sure to leave your your emails and be sure to leave your comments and discussion in my Off The Mat WW in the Off The Mat Gmail which is Off The Mat 44 at gmail.com that's Off The Mat 44 at gmail.com again for Alex Lowe's here for off the mat for, for off the mat here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Thank you for listening in, listening in. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Thank you and have a great rest of your weekend. It, it is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio.